Stafford. Going to the end zone, reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr. Stafford buys time. Protection is good, and so is the pass. Henderson came out of the backfield. Jefferson in motion. Henderson, nice cutback. Stafford rolling and throwing. Caught, caught, touchdown. Stafford caught on the run. Caught, who else? Out of the slot to the right, looks that way, fires that way, but makes the grab at about the 18 yard line. Pass, cut, got it, touchdown. Burrow trying to keep it going, gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now. Running down to celebrate with a defensive play. Guess who? Guess of course. Who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring figure. Hey guys, and welcome to another East Coast Rams podcast. I am your co-host, Ashton, but my awesome co-host here is Zach. And we have a special guest we'll get to in a second. Zach, how are you doing? A lot of news uh, that, or lack of news uh, to get to here soon. A lot of people leaving. Yeah, it's uh, it's not really positive news for the Rams, uh, but it does seem to be a uh, trickle of of uh, casualties, one after another, for sure. How are you doing? <sighs> yeah, doing solid. Uh, trying to get through get through all these losses, uh, Greg Gaines hurts, losing our kicker, our entire special teams is gone now, Zach. Uh, we'll go back to the dark days of uh, just being terrible in special teams. And uh, we have our special guest here, Andy. He's going to be helping break down the uh, upcoming draft. He's my brother-in-law, big Dolphins fan, uh, watches a lot more college football than either me or Zach. As you guys know, we are not draft experts, but we will try our best to put out our as much information as we can about our opinions. Uh, and Andy will comment here and there about Ram stuff, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> he'll try on that part, but he's mostly here for the draft segment that we'll get to after all this lovely Rams topics. Uh, Zach. You want to go ahead and uh, go over our notable losses? Yeah, so um, free agency. You know, the Rams are usually somewhat in the free agency market. We usually pick up some uh, veteran players, but not this year. This year, it seems like we're doing a whole house sale on everybody and anybody. Um, even rumors of our quarterback uh, getting thrown out there as well. So uh, some notable uh, losses. Uh, Taylor Rapp signing a one-year deal with the Bills. Greg Gaines signing a one-year deal with the Bucks. Bobby Wagner signing a one-year deal with Seattle. Brennan Powell signing a one-year deal with the Vikings. David Long Jr. signing a one-year deal with the Raiders. You see the theme going on here, one-year deals. Um, oh, yeah. Matt Orzek, our long snapper, signed a one-year deal with the Packers. David Edwards, a one-year deal with the Bills. And Baker Mayfield signing a one-year deal with the Bucks. Um yeah, a lot of one-year deals, a lot of uh, really inexpensive uh, uh, free agents that have kind of moved on to these one-year deals to kind of, you know, kind of prove it to these other teams that they could possibly stay there longer. Um, feels like the Rams could have picked up at least a few of these players, maybe Greg Gaines, um, you know, even even keeping someone like David Long Jr. on, on the roster uh, just to kind of keep some continuity going into this 2023 season. How are you feeling about all these losses? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, Greg Gaines will be big loss. He was a very underrated player for the team. Uh, some players, as you know, Zach, I'm a little bit more happy to see uh, move forward. Again, guys, we want all these players to be successful, make their bank, uh, have great careers after the Rams. They Sometimes it's not a scheme fit. Sometimes... 
you know, some players just grow and are late bloomers. Uh, for Taylor Rapp, uh, and he was just one I was looking forward to after we drafted, and he's just never developed into the player that we needed him to be. Uh, the Rams already don't sign re-sign safeties, as we already know, Zach. Uh, but even then, his uh, he just never rose to that level of being a second-round pick. I'm interested, Andy, from an uh, outside perspective, uh, which loss out of all these would you say are the kind of the biggest loss when it comes to just losing free agents? Yeah, um, like you said, outside perspective, I am not a Rams fan, but I would say for me, looking out, looking in, I really don't like the Bobby Wagner loss for you guys. I mean, last year, let's be real, was not a, your best season, to, to keep it lightly. But Bobby Wagner was that guy that even when you were watching these games and you didn't really want to watch at times because of how bad they looked, Bobby Wagner came every single Sunday, Thursday, Monday, whatever day it may be of the week, performed for you guys. He was, I would say, probably a locker room leader. I guess you guys can attest to that as well. But he's a veteran yeah. presence that you get surely going to be missed coming this next year. And, you know, you guys mentioned he signed, I believe, for a one-year deal. So I, I don't know how much – Personally, how much that was, but I feel like that's one of those ones you could have kept at least keep a veteran presence in the locker room. Yeah, I think it was somewhere between a five to seven year, seven million dollar uh, one year deal. Um, yeah, I mean he was a first round. I mean he was a first year captain coming from a team that he was, uh, you know, completely opposite. Uh, uh, you know, kind of their enemy pretty much for eleven years, facing them twice a year, and then you know being a first first year captain on that team. Um, he was a big impact player, especially when Aaron Donald went out uh, between him and Ramsey. They were the only two really keeping that team kind of glued together. He was the best defensive player last year for us. Just keeping it real. That title has been held by Aaron Donald since he has been drafted until last year uh, because of injury, but still like uh, we just had to acknowledge that the Rams and we can transition to talking about that letter, Zach, uh, from Kevin Demoff. Uh, the Rams are very much into having a half-rebuild year, focusing on tearing down defense and eating dead caps mostly for next year. And whether you like that approach, whether you dislike that approach, that is the approach they are taking now both me and you Zach kind of leaned on the side of thinking they were going to do that in two years um Zach how exactly are you taking this letter from them off do you think it's an honest opinion that they do believe they can win and make a playoff run or do you think that's more PR speak because they see how the fan base has reacted to uh let's say not favorable moves by the team in order to kind of load on dead cap next year. I definitely think it's authentic. Um, I don't think any organization wants to go into the year unless, you know, you really, unless you're one of those kind of, you know, want to tank years to get a first round pick. I don't think the Rams are like that. I, I think the Rams truly believe that they can get back into this. I mean, I don't think Sean McVay, I mean, all with all the stuff that he went through with all of the, um, offers out there to join, you know, whatever studio he wants for millions and millions of dollars and doesn't have to have the headache every week of, you know, trying to plan a game to win or lose. Um, keeping your core, you know, your three core, you know, I thought there was a fourth pillar there, but apparently we only got three pillars to hold up the house. Um, but, you know, you still have Aaron Donald, who he could have retired at, you know, two years ago, or he could have retired now. He could have done that. Matthew Stafford, he could walk away. He could move on. Um, but they all seem invested still in this team. And I think having those three players, the really the key player in Cooper cup, obviously, but having those three key players, it shows that the Rams really want to do something. And I think they're going to focus more on their offense back to my, McVay's roots, uh, than what they've been relying on for the last several years, which has been their defense. Andy, uh, in your opinion, uh, you have seen, 
being a Dolphins fan, a varying number of reboots, resets. <laughs> I, the actual terminology, which if you don't know, the fan base for the Rams has been fighting a lot about the term. Uh, but in reality, uh, whatever you call it, it's the same thing. They're loading on dead cap on one year. Do you think this is a wise strategy for a franchise two years removed from the Super Bowl to kind of approach this way, especially leaning on one side of the ball, the offense to get everything done this year, if they are going to do something and kind of completely strip the other side, or is it a good idea or a bad thing from your point of view? Well, one thing about being a Dolphins fan, like you mentioned, Ashton, is that I've learned that no rebuilds are ever the same. And while it might work for one, one team, it's not going to work for others. So, We've had multiple rebuilds since I've become a fan in the early 2010s that have had, uh, let's say, varying degrees of success. Um, but, you know, our strategy came with with eventually hiring the right people, hiring the right general manager. I think the Rams have the right general manager. I, I know right now your fans are not happy, you know, getting rid of Ramsey and other, like you guys said, pillars of the team. But he's proven to be able to go to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. So I, I don't know. Um the focus on the offensive side of the ball, though, I think is you need to start with the offensive side of the ball first. I think that's what, in in, a, in best terms, I guess, would be kind of what sells seats a little bit easier. People want to see offense. Like defenses are great. Defensive, like you know, the saying goes, defense defensiveness wins championships. But in terms of what sells seats and gets people in the seats, it's offense, right? The Rams' greatest show on turf, right? Ton of money coming in, great time. So. I don't know. I, I don't think it's the – it's never – like I, I don't want to put a stamp on like, oh, this is a good strategy or, or this is a bad strategy because everybody's different. But I do like the fact that offense is the priority right now and then worry about the def- defensive side of the ball later. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go back yeah. to the Monday night football game in 2018. I mean, that was probably the greatest football game of all time, the Chiefs versus the Rams. And, you know, the defenses were doing nothing. I mean, the defense actually were playing well. I mean – you know, the Rams scored two defensive touchdowns that, that game. Um, but I mean, it was that offense that was just firing on all cylinders. Both the offenses were just going back and forth, running down the field. And that what that's what makes a team. That enter, Dolphins that's what makes the Bills game from last year was yeah. fantastic entertainment. 10 times better than any Rams game last year. 10 times better. Uh, now, you, you know, it's one thing to go towards this offensive strategy, but Zach, it ultimately, do you think it is wise the way they have shifted away from their previous paradigm of trading for big players, trading for big picks? Um, I think they do note or Demoff notes in his uh, kind of letter that, you know, other teams are more competitive. And I think Andy can testify to this, Teams are trading for veteran players more because of what the Rams have done, basically kind of cornering the Rams out of a market they built. And the Rams don't have the same draft capital of other teams. Very clearly, we've traded it all the way previous years. It worked. It was worth it. Now the market is more heavily populated. And uh, that's why you see Ramsey get traded uh, for less than he would have a few years ago. For sure. I mean, it's a copycat league. So anytime someone is successful, they're going to take that and they're going to, they're going to run with it. Um, the Rams are, the Rams are planning for the future, not just for the current year. Um, they're trying to trade, you know, get, get away from that dead money as fast as they can. Yes. It's going to be this year, but if, if you keep that offensive moving, you 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 retool the offense, maybe not necessarily the defense. Um, you're you're looking at still scoring points, uh, but you may be giving up points as well. Uh, so they're really going to rely on that bend don't break mentality, which I think you can do um, with you know with fresh blood. Um, but it, it we're going to see a little bit more, a lot more bend, and probably a little little bit of breaking uh, more often than we have seen in the past. So I think we're going to be looking at more high scoring, you know, there's going to be a lot more, you know, 36 to 32 to we're going to be in the thirties on both sides of the, on the ball. Yeah. So Zach, 
talking about both sides of the ball, in order to have a really high-scoring offense, you have to have the QB playing pretty well, right? Uh, we had Sean McVay come out. Wait, we we, we have a we have a quarterback still, right? We we still have one. Uh, apparently, still on the roster. Apparently, uh, the I think they got a few like hot dog vendors to go out and throw the ball when Stafford was out. I, I don't remember their names. Uh, I think one was an animal related. But either way, uh, apparently, uh, it was a big deal about Stafford's arm last year and Zach just for a memory because I was like I swear they talked about that being overblown in last year's offseason let me read a quote from September from McVay himself uh, that he has no concerns about Stafford's elbow or about the ability for them to manage the situation all this next upcoming season that he has no hesitation about Stafford's ability to throw the ball 50 to 55 times a game uh, going into the Bills game. Uh, That's from Sean McVay last September. And now Sean McVay, and maybe you want to read that quote, Zach, uh, saying that that was a bigger deal than people um, think it was. I don't know, Zach. I feel like the fan base was pretty much saying that, uh, are we getting Todd Gurley here? Are we like, because the team is, let's be frank, guys, not the most open when it comes to injuries. So, Zach, what you, what's going on here? Like, are, are they now admitting that Stafford had an elbow injury the whole year? I mean, I... I'd... I take it two ways. One, we always knew he had an elbow injury. I mean, he was out of OTAs. He was pretty much out of all of the the mini camp training, um, preseason games. Obviously, the Rams don't play preseason anyways. But, um, I mean, we knew this was a problem. I think what we also forget is how many times Matthew Stafford got sacked. And that just that just did nothing for him. That did not help the situation at all. It only made it worse. And then you throw in concussions and you throw in, um, you know, his back spasm and things like that. It, it, it just amplified the situation. So do I think they were hiding it? No. Cause I mean, it was clear that he had a problem. They were resting him. I think that they felt like he was going to be fine and he was going to be able to throw the ball, but Again, when your offensive line is just letting loose all of these defenders on him, there's really, uh, of course, he's going to have problems and he's going to go back and it's it's going to be even worse. So um, I don't think they were hiding it. I think maybe they were more optimistic at that time than um, originally planned. But, you know, the Rams do try to hide. For those doctors, I mean, Andy, uh, What's your take on this? Because you know something about team doctors being yeah, shady yes, with their yes. QB. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, yeah, Ashton. Uh, and Stafford was clearly hurt last year. We, we clearly saw that. His arm was not what it was the season before. Uh, so I think it's in the best interest of team doctors and the team to just kind of go on the mindset of business as usual. I mean, you look at Tua, for example, um, coming out of that, I believe it was the Bills games where he got the first concussion. And, you know, the doctor says, oh, he's completely fine. Like, he came in after like two or three plays, kept playing, finished the game. And then what happened the very next week against the Bengals was the major concussion that he suffered that had him with his fingers all curled up. So, um, you know, the doctors are always going to be what the team wants. It's in their best interest. They're on their payroll half the time, even – and with, with Stafford specifically, he's had at least lately – he's had inj- injury concerns. I mean, he's not the most injury-prone quarterback we've seen in the league, but like you guys have mentioned, he had the back spasms. He's now having an arm issue. He's 35 going into this season. So I don't think he's going to be improving much from – I mean, compared to last year, I don't think – it's going to be better than last year. But, I mean, with his injury history, we'll see how – I mean, maybe you get another year out of Stafford, but you're not going to get the same level of Stafford, at least in my opinion, that you did for the Super Bowl season two years ago. Yeah, I think one thing people have to understand, though, is that Stafford has pl- been playing hurt for the last five, six, seven years. 
for majority of the seasons, like minor injuries again. Uh, I do think the elbow is a little bit more serious, and the back really has me worried. Zach, I thought that was probably going to cause him to retire, and I still think there's a good chance he's one bad hit away from retirement. He really is. So, like, I don't know if it helps, Zach, that we have the fifth cheapest, I think third cheapest O-line in the NFL. Um, Hopefully we get more than what we are paying for. Uh, I do believe some of our starting line next year, if they remain intact and aren't injured, I think we will have an average NFL line. Uh, But, uh, you know, hopefully he's healthy, and that's uh, really the goal coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, I you know, I tend to go listen to Kelly Stafford's podcast just to try to see if I get some nuggets of um of kind of the situation and 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 she's admitted she's like she's fearful of him going out every single time, but it's it's his passion. He wants to be out on the field, he wants to play and he wants to drive and you know, I think that's that's you know, that's something we want to see in a quarterback. We want to see him drive and we obviously don't want him to push himself um into a position, but Stafford has never been that that person to um, you know, I, I think he, he kind of realizes now that if, if it's something's wrong, he will step back. But I think, I think he's even noted that he, he's, he's ready to go. He's ready to get back and he wants to get back in the business. And, um, I'm, I'm excited to see what a, a fully healthy Stafford can look like, um, and a, with an offensive line that hopefully is not completely reshuffled every single week for 11 weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll kind of quick hit a few minor topics. Uh, Rams save some money reworking Brian Allen's contract. Uh, I mean, Zach, I think they're trying to build up a little bit of money to sign one or two kind of like fringe free agents uh, to cheap deals. Uh, you got any comments on Brian Allen's new contract? No, I mean, I think this is the one that I think most fans were kind of divided on. Some people wanted them just to kind of, you know, move away from Brian Allen a little bit. Um, they felt like Coleman Shelton would have been a better spot at center, uh, which I totally understand. He he seemed to he seemed to be a um, the protection seemed to be a lot better under the center when Coleman Shelton was in there than than Brian Allen. And then fans are kind of. Um, you know, yes, they save money, but it kind of almost puts a, a long term um, on Brian Allen a little bit. So it seems like, you know, we'll, we'll keep him around a little bit longer, similar to kind of maybe the Leonard Floyd situation a little bit where, uh, you know, we kind of had to restructure him to keep him on. But now we're eating dead money and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously he'll get his he'll get his uh, his due, but uh, we'll probably have to keep him around for uh, a little while longer. Mm hmm. Uh, and some of the new rule proposals got approved. However, the Rams did submit one, which was to make roughing the passer reviewable, and that was not approved. That was voted down. Uh, Andy, is that something you would have liked to seen, or do you think that was the right move by uh, the committee to not approve that rule change? I think it was the wrong move. And we saw a terrible, terrible roughing job this season with far from the past where we don't know what the call is. Like, if you're not going to at least make it reviewable, at least give a very consistent by-the-book definition of how many steps or how hard the push is or whatever it may be. But so many times this season, somebody, usually the high-caliber quarterbacks or at least the most famous-named quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's of the world, where they would get sniffed at, fall down, and then you would have – a, a crucial first down call given to the, the offense because of a rough, stupid roughing the passer call. So I, I like the, the Rams proposal, like you said, of being able to review it. I think it should be able to be done. So I think it was the wrong move. I mean, we got to figure out roughing the passer in the league. There's a few that we can all agree. There's a few calls in the league that makes us NFL fans just go incredibly angry because of how inconsistent they are. Roughing the passer is definitely one of them. Uh, what about you, Zach? Uh, is that something you think they missed the ball on? Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm usually not the one to kind of want to keep putting more and more rules and putting more stuff into the officials' hands, but I think it's something that I think definitely needs to be re- a reviewable um, aspect of the game. I mean, we're talking yeah, about like this can 
this could really hurt players, especially if, if things aren't called or if things are called. I mean, it needs to be reviewable. They're, it almost you should be able to challenge any kind of penalty to to verify. I think you should be if you have two challenges, you should be able to challenge whatever the heck you want. Um, I think I think that makes more sense than you know making it an auto review or something like that. I I love the XFL rule where you get one challenge and you can challenge anything. And if you fail on it, it uses a timeout. So like teams aren't consistently using it either, but there have been times in the XFL where something was clear and you can challenge non-calls. You can challenge calls themselves. You can challenge even like down in distance. Like it's kind of like up to the team if they disagree with any aspect of the game they get one time during the whole game to kind of like annul that or change that. And I think that would be a great thing to do. And it kind of boggles my mind why the NFL won't go to some of that common sense stuff. Well, guys, uh, we're about to jump into the draft stuff. This is where the meat of Andy's content will come. But first, uh, you are a Dolphins fan, so me and Zach have to ask you, what's your opinion on uh, your criminal criminal GM for the thievery he committed with Ramsey? Uh, it, you got to tell me, is the DA of Florida looking at this guy for uh, the theft of Ramsey from the Rams? Oh, man, that, that, that was the biggest fleece job I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, I know you guys went through it in your uh, like two podcasts ago. Your the tray when it when it happened, but a third round pick and a tight end Hunter Long, who shockingly, believe it or not, us as a, as the Dolphins fans, Dolphin Twitter, were very like split on. Well, some of us was like, oh, he's the future. He's going to be a great tight end. While the other like half of us and me included think he was just gonna, is going to be a mediocre bench player tight end. So. For for that for nothing else, at least we get rid of that debate in Dolphins Twitter, where we don't have to like try to hate each other for Hunter Long of all people. But um, it was a yeah, it, it was it was a police job getting all pro level cornerback who let's be be honest, he did have a down year this year, but he's still going to be a top ten, top five probably cornerback now that he's able to share the space with another Pro Bowl level cornerback in Xavier Howard, and they play so well together because Xavier Howard's more of that zone ball hawking cornerback while Jalen Ramsey's in your face. I'm not letting you touch this ball. Right. So it, it kind of works well together. He wanted to come to, to Florida anyways. So, I mean, good on you guys for the Rams, Rams organization for letting him go where he wants to go. But man, that's crazy to me that you let him go for just a third, which I don't think there's anybody in the draft and we'll get to it in a second. That's Jalen Ramsey level now. And then Hunter long. So yeah, crazy, crazy deal. Hey, I, absolutely I don't it. like you talking about our new tight end like that. He is Travis Kelsey reborn, okay? Oh, yeah. You know, Boston College, you know, tight end you over there. He did – I watched some of his highlights. He did have a, some nice one-handed catches, so, you know, there is that. <laughs> he had one nice touchdown catch for the Dolphins, Andy. You know, man, that was, that was something. <laughs> he had one catch. Yeah. One single catch, yes. And that, that highlight uh, reel was a uh, super lengthy for y'all. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. We don't have to completely rehash it uh, again, but it was just interesting. Uh, you guys did list him as a safety, so that's kind of interesting that you guys would list him as a safety. I, I think do that was think changed. that I think I think they did go back and change that. Well, either way, I think he will be a great safety when he transitions in a oh, year yeah. or two. Uh, but he can really play anywhere on defense. And you guys, the fan base will love him. He's, he always plays with his heart on his sleeve. And uh, it kind of curious that people are still talking about him being a locker room. Like I read some uh, Twitter threads with Dolphins fans calling him that he's going to make your locker room toxic. I was like, did no, no one – like? There hasn't been any stories about him for the last four or three years since he's come on to the Rams. Why do they think it will start now? Like I I feel like he had one or two years where he, he did cause a lot, of, a lot of drama with the Jaguars, but that hasn't happened since. So I'm 
I, I will also stay with that keeps on going. I will also stay with Ramsey on the Jaguars. I mean, do you blame the guy before like, you look at the team? Then, like, yes, they made the playoffs. Yes, they won that epic game with the Patriots. Whatever the heck that fluke whole series was, the whole postseason run. But the, the team wasn't ran very good. When your quarterback, you know, future Rams, all legend Blake Bortles was your quarterback. Yeah. Right? Do you blame the guy for wanting to get out of there? I mean, you know, he knew what his worth was, and the Rams gave him his worth. I mean, and now he's going to a place he wants to go, he wants to play for. You have a really great defensive-minded defensive coordinator in, in Bangio. Like, I, I just don't see him, uh, with, with your point, Ashton, I, I don't see him being that, that cancer of the locker room. I think he's just going to come and, and ball out. Mm-hmm. Well, Andy, uh, let's get into – this draft, uh, you watch a lot of college ball. You're a big USC fan. I remember I was watching the draft with you when we got uh, Ernest Jones, and we were jumping up and down with joy because uh, he has been really good for the Rams, yep. and I think he's going to continue to grow. And uh, playing a year with Bobby Wagner only just helped him even more. Uh, who are some gems in this upcoming uh, draft in general? We'll get a little bit more Ram-centric here in a few minutes. So I kind of went – when I was going through this, like, research, looking at the the guys I like, I kind of did it based, like you said, based on what the Rams would want. So I didn't really look at a lot of the – we know the kind of the top echelon, first, second-round guys. So kind of looked more at the – you're looking at the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s range. Like, that's where the Rams are going to be wanting to make their money, right? So yeah. do you want me to start on like an offensive side of the ball or do you want me to like start on the defensive side of the ball? Now, both me and Zach would agree we should draft defense first. But uh, Andy, if you don't know the history of this team, they do not draft <laughs> defensive players high in the last five, six years. So we can start on offense because I have a feeling uh, – they're going to irritate a few fans and go with a running back or wide receiver first. <laughs> okay. So let's do running back and receiver. Uh, I would hope not. I literally yeah. put on my list, um, assuming they're not going with receiver and running back. In the second round. <laughs> but like you said, maybe the Rams do that. Um, maybe they're just so tired of Cam makers that they say, let's go get a running back. So um, running backs that I like, that's kind of under undervalued um, a nice guy sitting there kind of in the third round valuation he's from auburn tank bigsby he is not the fastest running back uh, but he's very powerful uh if you watch him at auburn he runs through tackles like he's on a mission i think he's going to be that i don't feel like you guys have a very let's say like three down power back there like cam makers is fine but he's not going to be he's not the biggest he's not the strongest right he's he's more not going to push the pile yeah correct um tank bigsby is that guy for you guys um i think he's going to be really good and if you're looking for more of a shifty shifty guy that kind of, if you want to replace Cam Akers, because I know there's a whole, whole uh, drama with him. Another guy I really like that that's kind of low on a lot of people's draft because of where he played. He played at Tulane, which is not you know the biggest of colleges. They had a good year this year, but Tajay Spears, he's in, he's in, he's a nice fast little shifty guy. I think he could fill in the slot there. Um, so you guys go look that guy up. Um, listening to this podcast, receivers wise, I feel like. Ashton, I know you talked about this. I would assume, Zach, you're on the same mindset. Jalen Hyatt, he's there in that third round, second round. The tough problem with Jalen Hyatt, fun fact for for, first, let's start with that, is he went to my high school, at Dutch Fork High School. We did the same. He's a year younger than me. Um, So that's, you know, kind of cool. But Jalen Hyatt has a lot of boom or bust. He's either going to be, like, the best receiver from this class because of his speed, or he's going to be, like, just a mediocre player because – He's not the greatest. He's not the greatest receiver skills in terms of ball catching and one-on-one skills and route running. Well, his route running is decent, but his speed is what you know. It, we're making people drool over, right? He's got four-four flat of speed. When honestly, he could probably be faster than that. His his mother was the track coach at Dutch Fork, so he ran track. He knows how to run. He's kind of Tyreek Hill-esque player. Now, I'm not saying he will be Tyreek Hill. Let's get that out. Let's get that out of the way now. But his boomer bust potential is very interesting, and I feel like that's a Rams pick, honestly, because you guys went with a non-traditional receiver before a couple years ago in two two, two Adwell. So I I feel like this is far. He would be a far safer pick than two two was like. I think he was mocked at around fourth average, like fourth or fifth when we got him the second. I feel like Jalen Hyatt. 
fits his draft position a lot more in my defense. Uh, is speedy wide receiver? I think it all depends uh, how much faith they have in like players like Tutu. It, it will test them up. It will testify to if they have faith in Tutu or not. If they do have faith in Tutu, I would expect them not to draft a player like that. But if they do, that's not spelling good for Tutu's kind of like point of view uh, moving forward. And we also have to kind of take into account OBJ. I mean, OBJ is still out yeah. there. Um, we have a month before the draft. And so if there's even an inkling that, you know, OBJ is still something that the Rams can bring under the fold, that wide receiver room is getting smaller and smaller uh, for, for additional players. Um with what I mean, they currently. may still trade Allen Robinson, and that's going to be a big kind of missing piece, whether or not they keep him or not. True. Uh, but if you had Cooper yeah. Cup, Cooper Cup, um, OBJ, Van Jefferson, then you have, you know, Tutu in the back, and you have Lance McCutcheon still on the team, it's going to be smaller and smaller. Yeah. I, I don't say, think. Could you McCutcheon, imagine? Could you could you imagine a Hyatt and Cup receiver core? Like you allow the man to develop to learn behind a receiver as great as Cooper Cup was. When you have that speed on on, on the team, like that's gonna make Stafford's life easier to be able to throw to a guy, even if it's a short. I know you guys like a lot of those screen passes and let that man run. Yeah. If Josh Downs falls to the Rams, I think Josh Downs mixed with Cup would be deadly. I. Uh, Josh Downs gives me a lot of kind of like Cooper Cup vibes or Keenan Allen vibes. I would say he's more comparable to Keenan Allen than Cup. Uh, he just reminds me of that style of player, really great route running, um, just played great at UNC. Uh, what's your opinion on Josh Downs, Andy? Uh, that was when I was debating upon this list because I know his his kind of projected is kind of that late first, early second. Now, so we don't know for sure if he'll still be there for the Rams in the mid-second round. But I don't hate Josh Downs. He's had to deal with two different quarterback changes, and he's still produced with both. With um, I know he had – I cannot think of the commander. Sam Howell was his first quarterback, and now he's with – and I just slipped in my mind the new quarterback that he has in North Carolina now. But he's developed through both – uh, a new two new quarterbacks and he's produced. So I like Josh Downs, but it's it's the big question: Will he be there for the Rams? And is it worth w wasting a second when you guys need it? not wasting, but using that pick on not really a team need as of now? Well, I think it's a team need, but most people disagree with me currently. Would you think receivers like the biggest need though? I think you can agree on it's not. I mean, our. I do fully believe our in-house options for O-line, if they stay healthy, can be serviceable. Uh, defense, I just don't think they're going to be wanting to address that uh, this draft high. I I think they unless, want a high-scoring offense. Unless they can get a crazy edge for somehow an edge. Yeah, if they falls, fall. Yeah. If they fall, you know, that's the only thing that I could see them trying to pick up is someone to help out on the edge. Yeah, first round talent falling on edge, they will take it if they fall uh, down to us. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're more likely a wide receiver leg down, kind of like falls in your lap. Uh, I mean, I was I was expecting a tight end, but then that you know the Dolphins screwed that out of the way, so you know couldn't give us anybody <laughs> else. He gave us a tight end. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, not Tyree Kill like he. He's getting old. You can just trade him. I, I will say with tight ends, though, at least in my opinion, and you know, people could say I'm wrong. You guys can just say I'm wrong. It's all good. But I don't think the tight end class this year is very deep. I think there's a lot of really good ones up top. And by the time the Rams were going to choose in the second and third round, most of those big name tight ends are, were already be gone. So uh, I the only one I really, the only one I really liked was from Georgia. I think Zach brought him up. Uh, yeah, he Washington. Too. Yep. Yeah. He's on my list. Yeah. He, the, the only problem with tight ends is that, you know, if you go back and you look at the past years, th there's not that many that go off in the first round. I mean, in the last three or four drafts, I think two tight ends have been chosen in the first and second round. 
Um, so that's why I thought, you know, it, it, it just never seems like a splashy thing for most teams to, to get a tight end using, you know, one of their first two draft picks. So tight ends are tough to draft too. I mean, the college game is completely different. They don't emphasize the tight end as much. Well, some colleges do. Georgia is one of them. Iowa is one of them, but the majority of college teams, unlike the NFL, don't really use tight ends in the system, especially not in like a blocking system. A lot of them use them as just another receiver, kind of like the Evan Ingram-esque type tight end. So it's very tough when a lot of NFL teams want a blocking tight end that can catch when they're just, they're just not there. And that's why. And that's exactly what the Rams are looking for. And it just, Higby has been good, but not great. He's been like above average. He sits between above average and good. And he's always been there for his career. And I feel like, you can tell Sean McVay is that type of coach. He so desperately wants a Kelsey, so desperately. So I do think of Washington Falls, um, it it gets to do they want a wide receiver tight end more? I think they would probably end up going a wide receiver, uh, but you know we'll end up seeing, and it'll be interesting the kind of decision they get because someone's going to fall to the Rams. Uh, but we'll see who ends up being. Who else you got? So I will propose this kind of out of left field uh, draft pick that I was thinking of. I don't. I think he would fall to you because of his injury, his major injury, might I add. However, his talent cannot be uh, ignored. So you guys got the extra third round pick from us in the Jalen Ramsey trade. Would you guys be opposed to taking Hinden Hooker in the third round, sit behind Stafford for a year, fully recover from that ACL tear, and be able to take over maybe in a year or two? I would. In third round, that's that's my guess. If he if he falls, I think he will because teams are hesitant to sign an older ACL, just coming off an ACL teared quarterback. But I think if he's there for you guys, I think they take if he falls to the fourth or fifth, they will definitely draft him. I don't think they will draft on the third though. Uh, I think uh, Lesney did say that they're not interested in drafting a QB early. Uh, so I do think we're looking at a day three QB. Possibly if he drops to late four, we may trade up to get him in the fourth round around there. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I I, I feel like if we're going to draft a quarterback, it's going to be next year. Uh, obviously, it will depend on how this season goes. But um, I th- I still th- I know we're going to draft a quarterback, but I think if we're going to draft the next quarterback, it's probably going to be in a year. All right, Ashley, let's talk about kind of some offensive linemen I like. Uh, I know you're kind of against taking offensive linemen. It seems like you're very in-house, which is fine. Um, But let's kind of just dive into the offensive linemen just a little bit. Um, Oh, no, I definitely think we need a center and right tackle. So uh, we're getting a little old on right tackle. uh, And it's been revolving door at center. No, I don't – for the first guy, I don't think he'll be there. He might. It just depends on, obviously, how the draft shakes up. He's kind of the 30s, you know, late first first day, early second day kind of pick. So, you know, maybe potentially trade up. I doubt it. I very, very highly doubt it. I But he might fall. If he does, you got to take him. Uh, Dewan Jones out of Ohio State, he was conf- – basically, his nickname was Thanos. This man is huge. He's a big, big man. 6'8", 374 pounds, insane – Insane player for Ohio State was very good on the line. I mean, if you're going to get a player, that's your player. It, assuming he does not fall, there's some other ones there in the third or fourth round that you could like. Cody Mock from North Dakota State. We know how good those Dakota boys have been on the offensive line. They're underrated because of them not playing. You know, the FBS not being in the FBS as of today. Uh, but he's 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 really good. Um, PFF. I know some people hate PFF, but he was. They ranked him the number one tackle in their class in, in all of 2022 in the season as a whole. He's good. He's six six five three oh two, so not as big, but still, if you're 300 pounds and oh, six five, you're still a big man. So he'll be good for you guys. And another one I'll kind of throw out from BYU. He's six eight three hundred pounds. Blake Freeland um, finished first in the combine in athleticism grade. So he's not the he's not the best pure blocker, but he's very versatile, and he can slide in on different ta- both the tackle roles if you need him to be. And I think he would be another good like projected second third day, second third round uh, play, tackle for you guys. Uh, 
Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, I I think all those players sound great. I mean, you know, getting someone also nicknamed Thanos doesn't, you know, doesn't hurt. (laughs) You know. Oh no, I, I could imagine him falling and uh as soon as we are expecting the Rams to pick him, uh they get a speedy wide receiver instead. Yeah, Andy, uh you don't know, but the entire fan base thought the Rams were gonna pick Creed Humphrey when he fell to them. You know, I know and I now you. Super Bowl winning center for the Chiefs, who has been fantastic for him, and the Rams decided to get Tutu Atwell, who has produced not as much as Creed Humphrey. I remember watching that draft with you live, and we saw that the Chiefs grabbed Creed Humphrey, and you were just upset. You're like, how is it? How is it fair that the Chiefs get such a great player, and just they just fell in their lap? So I agree, Ashton. I think I was on on the boat with you and really the entire Ram fan base at that point that Creed Humphrey was. A no-brainer pick, and he turned out to be one of the best centers, or at least rookie centers, and first and second year centers we see in the league. Too much I, faith in Brian Allen. Even then, you get the then you have a second a great second level player behind Brian Allen if he does pan out. I'm not saying Brian Allen is awful. I'm just saying he's not Creed Humphrey. And like it was pretty clear Creed Humphrey was going to be good and if Creed Humphrey is bad, you still have Brian Allen there. Like I it just was the better it, it made even more sense given the co- fact that we had thin offensive line uh depth at that time so it made sense short term to get him it made sense long term to get him i guess and I, think- I mean i feel like in the depth position though i mean you remember we still had coleman shelton too so coleman shelton was able to slide into that that center yeah. role so center really wasn't their focal point when they were going into that draft because they had brian allen they knew coleman shelton was a backup to at that position I think that's what their mindset was going for. I get the whole Creed Humphrey thing. It makes sense. I'm giving the realistic of why the Rams probably chose against it. it but, but I mean, you got to chose for a wide receiver. So again, I can't say why they chose that wide receiver. I'm just giving <laughs> you why they didn't choose Creed Humphrey. Uh, yeah, but uh, fun, fun stuff there. Uh, any safeties? That- you have, do you have any safeties on your list? Because you know we don't have any. Now. Yeah. Yeah, so I did – even though the team needs, according to other sources, including PFF, Draft Network, all that, does not have safety as a Rams need, I did did go in there and look myself at some safeties for you guys. I figured you would want that. Um, some of the ones I like, Jamie Robinson, kind of that second, third-round grade. He used to play for South Carolina. He kind of transferred, played, played for Florida State his last two years of college. Now, what's great about that is he played more – Oh, he's he played more of a nickel slot role for us at South Carolina, but then he switched and became more of that roaming free safety at, at Florida State. So he's proven he can do both. He's kind of a very versatile safety. He's 5'11, so he's not the tallest, but that means he's more fast. So he's a very, like I said before, versatile do-it-all kind of safety. Would be a great pick there. Um, I really I might be the only one on this hill, but Brandon Joseph out of Notre Dame has fallen from grace a lot. He's down to fit the sixth round projection now at one time was a fringe first round talent. So whenever you have a guy that was at one point, such a highly drafted prospect, it's always worth a late round pick to see if he could be that again. He has had injury history, which is why he's fallen so far back. He's not the greatest tackler. He misses some tackles, but with the defensive minded team that you you've had in the past, I think he can learn that, but he's a ball hawking safety. He gets those interceptions, a lot of interceptions. Um, And then the last one I'll get a little bit higher up. Um, Jordan Battle out of Alabama, six one. Oh, yeah, I like him. Yep, two hundred nine pounds. He's got four five five speed on his forty time. Um, nice size with speed combo, like I just mentioned. Plays free and more deep, uh, more of a pure free safety as well. Um, so uh, some really good options there in the third and fourth round. And then if you want to go kind of swing for the fences in that sixth round, I really like uh, Joseph out of Notre Dame. I think he's going to be a steal because his injuries just making him fall far. And the Rams haven't been averse to getting players with known like injury history, especially in the sixth and seventh round, even as high as the third round with Terrell Lewis. 
uh, which didn't turn out the best for the team. But overall, like it was worth taking a shot. I feel like on players that could be first rounders, they turn out to be healthy and they roll work out good. If not, then like you can take one or two shots in a draft and I'm perfectly fine with that. It's when you take 10 or 11 shots in a draft, that's when you're playing with fire somewhat. And some teams do that. And other teams, not so much. Uh, what what about uh, cornerbacks? Because, you know, uh, our best <laughs> cornerback did go somewhere. So uh, going to need to backfill the position a little bit. Uh, lucky for you guys, cornerbacks this year, at least, you know, in my opinion, are yeah. very deep. There's a lot of great cornerbacks, not just in the first round. Uh, obviously, you have your Darius Rushes in the first – not Darius Rush, sorry, uh, Cam Smith in your first round. Um, the Oregon one that's slipping my mind in the first round. But there's still a lot of good talent there in those middle rounds. Uh, I'll start with my biased uh, South Carolina fan point. I think Darius Rush will be kind of that late sixth, seventh, maybe, maybe fifth if you overreach pick. Um, he's good. He is not the best corner, I think, but I think he can develop. He's 6'2", 198 with 4'3", speed. So he's a very fast, tall cornerback. It's good to have. Um, however, he's not very – he's not the Jalen Ramsey replacement. If you're trying to look for a cornerback that is Jalen Ramsey 2.0, it's not him. But he will be a solid cornerback, I believe, for you guys. Um, another one I really like out of Georgia. Georgia's got a lot of talent this year. You're going to hear that. <laughs> you hear Georgia a lot. Um, Kelly Ringo. Or Kelly Ringo, um, 6'2", 207, 4'3", 6'40", time. He's big. He's fast. He's a solid, had a solid pass rating his last two years, seven of his 70 to 63, respectively, and on 78 and 59 targets in both those years. So he's getting targeted a lot. Think, Sorry, Where do you think he's going to go? Uh, like what round? Probably second or third. So you could you could okay. probably use the third round picks on him. Um, but, I, I mean, truthfully – you know how how the nature of the beast of the draft is. Um, he's the best mid-round quarterback, in my opinion. He's got the best combo of size, speed, and he's not a slot corner. So that's something you guys need. You're getting rid Jalen Ramsey was not that slot corner for you guys. He was that man-to-man number one. Um, I think Kelly Ringo can be that guy. Um, and another one that's kind of, I would say, let's throw in a kind of a slot guy. Um, I, I might butcher his name. Uh, but it's Travius Hodges Tomlinson from TCU. I know Ashton, you really liked him as well. Um, yeah, he's only five eight. That's the problem. He's very small. Um, but in last year, he had eighty one targets and had a forty two passer rating on those on eighty one targets. So that's really good. He does not allow a lot of passes to to be caught, or and when he does, they don't go for much yards. So he's a good tackler and he's a good ball hawk. However. He does not get a lot of interceptions. However, that also does not mean he's a bad player. Uh, Jalen Ramsey did not get a lot of interceptions in his time with the Rams relatively to other cornerbacks in the league. So him only getting five interceptions through his career at TCU does not mean he'll be a bad corner. just means he didn't have the opportunities or didn't really try to go for those interceptions. He just cared more about stopping the pass. So in terms of cornerbacks, those are three that I would have on the mid-round radar for you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about edge, Andy? Uh, that's, I feel like, the thing that has been most needed because our pressures fell off a cliff when Aaron Donald got hurt. And Aaron Donald has been 90% of this pass rush for a majority of the time he's been here, and he needs help. He needs desperately help. Yeah, so I'll start with kind of a seventh-round graded guy that I think if you want to just kind of toss some pasta on the wall and see if it sticks, if you will. Uh, Britton Cox Jr. out of Florida, um, he's been injured. That's the problem. Injuries tank a lot of these prospects. Draft stock, we know this. Um, but when he has been healthy, he's been great. He's had 69 uh, hurries in his 33 games in Florida, resulting in 12 sacks. So that's also kind of a concern is he's getting a lot of these pressures, but he's not able to finish the job. I think being alongside Aaron Donald will help him. will teach him how to finish these guys, finish, get that sack. And it's a seventh-round pick. I mean, literally, what do you have to lose, right? Seven-round picks are usually get cut most of the time anyways. Going more in the middle rounds, I don't know how he uh, fell so so far. Um, the Army edger, Andre Carter, oh, yeah. was a one, one point a first-round graded guy. He has fallen to more of a second to even third round in some uh, mock drafts. I don't know why. He had 20 sacks in 32 games, 
60 hurries in 32 games, so he's getting the quarterback. He's a good edge rusher. I really like him. The top of the class, I think, for you guys, at least if he can fall to you in that second round, because your pick is, what, 36, I believe? Yeah. 36? He has kind of the 30-ish range. Is uh, BJ Ojolari from LSU had highest amount of hurries out of all the people I've looked for you guys. He had 676 hurries in 34 games. He gets to the quarterback at a very healthy rate. That averages out to two at, at least two hurries a game. Imagine that alongside Aaron Donald. It would just be an insane pass rush from him. I really like him there. If he's there, you got to take him. I, I don't see – if I had to pick – like if, if you want to say Edge is one of your biggest needs and you can get a guy like Ojolari at 36, you got to take him there. It's a perfect spot. And he's a, he's a first-round player that could fall in the second. Yeah, I definitely think uh, one of the game plans could be to take Ojolari if he falls, and if he doesn't, to trade back and get Andre Carter and kind of like get another third-round pick. And that would be a solid plan. There's still going to be wide receivers like, uh, what, Zay Flowers in the third round. You're going to have options there. You you may be able to take a shot at a tight end and then uh, take a shot at cornerback in the third round like Hodges Tomlinson, but still get Andre Carter and still be able to, if you don't get someone uh, like, that edge rusher from LSU uh, in there. It, Andy, what would you say is the biggest need from outside perspective for the Rams? I know you're gonna not going to like this, Ashton. It's got to be offensive line. I, I just think, at least in, in terms of outside looking in, unbiased perspective, I think offensive line is your biggest, is your biggest weakness, personally. I think that we kind of saw. I know injury was a big reason why a lot of times they were hurt. La- they were hurt last year. They weren't on the field. The rotating door, as you guys mentioned to earlier in this podcast. But if I'm the Rams GM, you got to go with the offensive line help. However, if the best offensive lineman that you want is not there in the second or third round, there's no need to overpay for a offensive tackle or offensive guard or even center. That's more of a fifth round pick. So it's kind of dependent on how what how other teams pick, but. If your guy lands there in the second round, you got to get him. If not, I probably go at least if I'm the Rams, probably edge rusher. You got to get pressure on the quarterback. So I would probably go edge, and there's a lot of good edge rushers. The the only problem with that is we realistically already have three known starters because they brought Brian Allen back. They they have Logan Bruss, the guy they drafted, be their right guard last year who got hurt. And then we definitely know uh, that Haven sign will be right tackle. So the question is, who's going to be your left? I think left guard, if they draft someone in the second and third round, could potentially be who they draft. They could potentially put Nopum there because they did extend them and give him a lot of money. So having them sit doesn't make sense. And then left tackle, uh, you have AJR Curry, who I think outplayed Nopum last year uh, when he was healthy so like you said i just think it's more of a depth thing than like needing a starter i think they have five guys who can play and be average line can they stay healthy that's who knows like that's sometimes is completely random what about you zacko what you think is the biggest address like need you think they need to address in the first two rounds or yeah, I mean, second I, and third I, round i i'm definitely thinking I, I would go the same way edge i mean i think i've been saying that for several weeks now i think that's really the their big need but that's not what the rams are going to do um they're they're we we know this they're going to go offensive they're going to go offensive weapons that's what Sean McVay wants. That's what Sean McVay likes. And if that's going to get them all the points in the world, sure, let's do it. But um, realistically, I really think they do need someone on the defensive side of the, uh, of the field, especially since, you know, our defense is young, but it's only because, I mean, and it's only going to be good because we have Aaron Donald. You're going to need someone who, you know, will potentially take on that legacy once he's gone. Um, and this is going to be the year to start it. Let's start off with a edge rusher so that we can build that rapport with Aaron Donald while he's here. And then when he moves on, then we still have, you know, at least two more years under his rookie contract and then possibly extend. So 
Um, I'm I'm on the edge uh, as I'm on the edge literally as as it goes <laughs> with the uh, with their first first couple picks. Um, but other than that, I I probably will guess they're going to go offensive weapons. It wouldn't shock me if they trade out the get Quinn Johnson. I, I feel like this team will do something crazy in the draft. Wow. That that would be insane. It, it's it's the Rams. Uh, I would be surprised if they do do something crazy that irritates or kind of uh, irks the entire fan base, but they've won a lot of games uh we can't deny that uh so hopefully this plan goes according to how they foresee other teams do weird stuff that you can't take into account uh a lot of people don't realize that either sometimes you get the raiders taking alex leatherwood the pick before you and you you're just like that happened and you get someone falls straight in your lap that you're like I wasn't planning on drafting a bad case for us QB that just dropped in my lap, but like, how do I not take this guy? Or I have a D tackle uh, first round grade drops like 15 slots and no one saw that coming. Like, how do you not take him? Aaron Donald fell himself uh, like six spots. Like sometimes you don't see stuff coming. So uh, we'll kind of see how that goes. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Yep. All right. All right, well, everybody, thank you uh, for joining us on another East Coast Rams podcast. You can always send questions and feedback to us at feedback at eastcoastrams.com or hit us up on Twitter. Our official Twitter account is at East Coast Rams. Uh, thanks to Andy for joining us on this, uh, on this podcast, giving us all his, his draft knowledge. Uh, I am not a draft guy myself. I just watch and comment like a fool. Uh, so it's really great to get some insight on some possible uh, draft picks for the Rams. So what, where can people find you or is there any projects that you're, that you work on on the side? Um, I like to say, I try to help bash when I can with the, with the research for you guys. Um, but no, I wouldn't say any projects right now. Um, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can see right there. Right there, uh, it's at Andy Sandlin, 2001. I post some sports stuff sometimes, but I wouldn't call myself the most active. But if you want to see some Dolphin stuff, you know, I know you guys are, are rare, but, you know, come on over. I would love, love to see you there. Hey, Andy, uh, when we play you guys again, we'll have to do something for the podcast for that, uh, have a little bit of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last game was eventful. If you guys don't know, we both watched it together. And uh, that was the game where uh, uh, I believe two was first season. He fumbles the first play of the game. And yep. Andy's freaking out, guys. Like, he's completely melting down. He's like, because they were having a bad season already. But he's like, oh, man, we're going to lose. We suck. We're awful. And I told, I looked at him. I was like, we're going to throw you an interception here. Just calm down. And literally two plays later, Jared Goff throws a pick. And that was across last season, I believe, right, Ashton? Yep, that that was 2020. Uh, so uh, we got two more years, uh, but eventually uh, we'll be able to hang out and see that again, and we'll do stuff for the podcast. And I would love to have Andy come with me out to uh, Indy and see you, Zach, and kind of see the combine in the next few years and uh, be able to do more draft stuff because uh, I feel like that's a big area of our podcast we can grow on and kind of nurture and get better at, and I want to. So thank you for Ashton. joining, by the way. Oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, Ashton, anything you want to, else you want to say where people can uh, reach out to you? Nope, just RamFanAshton1. Uh, find me on the Twitters. Uh, yeah, doing my thing, putting my opinion correct and a lot of incorrect out there and you know uh hey, sometimes Twitter, whether people like it or not we're gonna post yeah i mean i don't know what else you expect when you click on my name but my opinion i mean sometimes that confuses me when people are shocked to see your opinions on twitter <laughs> like <laughs> literally what it's used for 
All right. Well, with that, uh, remember that you can, we're also on YouTube. That's where we're at. That's where you can see us right here. That's probably where you're at on YouTube. Uh, you can follow, please subscribe to the podcast, youtube.com slash uh, at East Coast Rams. Um, even if you subscribe to the pod through other means, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Or if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the other methods. Leave us a review, comment, anything. Uh, would be greatly appreciated. Helps us grow our numbers. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up with this week. And we'll be back maybe next week. Maybe not. Depends on how Ram news goes. Maybe we'll get some crazy free agent veteran next week. Maybe. Yeah, Eric know? Weddle out of retirement time three. <laughs> well, we do need a safety. Like, I mean, really. <laughs> we might be making a few phone calls here in a few weeks. All right, everybody. As we always say, go uh, go Rams. Horns up. See you later, Emily.